So, hello listeners, I'm Lavender, and I'm here with Reshma Sajani, a leading activist, author, Yale Law School graduate, and founder of Girls Who Code and Marshall Plan for Moms, just to name a few things. Reshma, thank you so much for being here. It is truly an honor to have this opportunity to interview you. Oh, I'm so excited, Lavender, to be talking to you. Great to be here. Awesome. So um, I've got a list of questions, but feel free to um, add anything you want if it's not directly related. Um, And they're pretty broad. So first of all, what is something that you wish everyone would consider or do more in general? Mm, Fail, fail more. You know, failure is like a privilege. And like, I think about like when I lost my first congressional race, like if I didn't have that experience, I never would have started Girls Who Code. And it taught me like all the things that like I talk myself out of, or I think that I can't do. And so in my life, failure has been such a gift, uh, such an opportunity for me to grow. And, you know, I talk a lot about how we raise girls to be perfect. And so we don't get opportunities to fail or to take risks or to like color outside the lines. And I think men get that all the time, you know, and that's why you see them starting companies doing podcasts, like launching businesses, running for office and, and and like failure doesn't break them. And so for me, like the gift I would give everybody is to like have as many opportunities to fail because that's how you be, that's how you learn. Like that's how you become great. That's awesome. I love that. And that you said that we're not perfect. And that reminds me of your, your podcast slash book, <laughs> Brave Not Perfect, which is again, just one of the many things that you've done Uh, one of your many accomplishments. Yeah, so that's a great point. Okay, second question. How do you wish people would treat you differently? And if there's a specific experience that you can speak to, to answer this question, could you share that with us? Hmm. How do I wish people would treat me differently? You know, sometimes I feel like as a South Asian woman, as a brown woman, that people don't see me. Like Like if I'm walking down the street, I often get bumped into Or if I'm like standing in a line, people will cut in front of me. And yeah, I I wish that people would see me. I like that. Yeah, that's a good answer. Especially as a a person of color, I completely understand a woman of color specifically. Mm -hmm. It happens to me a lot. You know what I mean? And I'm not that short. You know, I'm five foot four. (laughs) There's there's something to that. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, you're five four. That's... That's my goal height. I'm a couple inches shorter than you, but that's like my ideal. I I could just grow a couple more inches, but even even with your physical presence, there's still there's a lack of you know seeing you. Yep. Yeah. So I guess somewhat related to that, um, the next question I had was: in these trying times, which are words that seem almost meaningless now, it can be easy to feel discouraged. So I was wondering, what keeps you going? I mean, you, like all of the amazing young people I've taught at Girls Who Code, the things that you're doing, the things that you're building, the opportunities that you have, like the way that you're making the world a better place. Like I always say, it's like you're healing us, you're saving us, you're making us see our truth. And so I feel that gives me a lot, like the next generation gives me a lot of hope, like a lot of hope. I mean, even just thinking about the, the past elections, it's like, You know, I always say like, you know, it's like our children are acting like leaders and our leaders are acting like children. And it's, (laughs) it's, 
it's, you know, you think about the last, even the midterm elections, it was young people that went to the polls when they took away our reproductive rights and said, yeah, hell no. Mm-hmm. And so I just have a lot of hope for what I'm seeing in the next generation. Yeah, totally. And then I do have uh, one more broad question, but uh, before I get to that, do you want to speak about your biggest thing right now, which I believe is Marshall Plan for Moms? <laughs> yes, I'd love to. So I am like on a mission. Yeah, I think it's like you can't finish the fight for gender equality if you can't if you don't finish the fight for working moms. And you saw that with your mom, right? And how much yeah. how much she did and how much lack of support that working moms have. So like, you know, we live in a country that doesn't have industri- it doesn't have paid leave. The only industrialized nation that doesn't have paid leave. So 25% of women, mostly women of color, go back to work 10 days after having a baby. Like nurses, teachers, women working in retail, it's like they don't get time they don't get paid time off. And so they put their vacation days together and their sick days and they scramble it. And that's not right. That's inhumane. Absolutely. You know, we have, we are the only industrialized nation that doesn't have affordable childcare. Like we should have universal childcare. The vast majority, 40% of parents are in debt right now because of preschool. And, you know, more people pay more for their childcare than their mortgage. And it's the reason why people don't want to have kids because it's just too expensive. And then, you know, the pay inequity, you know, the minute you become a mom, you lose between 20 and 30% of your salary. It's like, we immediately think that if you're a mom, that you're not, you're not committed to your job or your career. And so I want to change that because in, in the cycle of this, like I saw this during the pandemic with my, with, with the girls or code students, like during the pandemic, a lot of my, a lot of my students, mothers were essential workers. And so instead of going to college and majoring in computer science, they had to drop out to take care of their siblings. And so it's like, you know, because we don't have a structure of care, we're not letting girls learn and reach their fullest potential. So the entire like two generations of women, you know, are again, not being able to get out of poverty, not being able to march up into the middle class, not because they're not prepared, qualified or able, but because we have a system that keeps pulling them down. And I want to fix that. Absolutely. So how can people get involved? I mean, I'm sure all the moms who would be listening to this are like, yeah, absolutely. I'm on board. So what do yeah. they do next? Go to marshallplanformoms.com, sign up. Um, you know, we're building a mom's army. Uh, so look, look for more on that, you know, get engaged, you know, get engaged in a form vote, you know, and then, and I always say to, I always say to working women, it's like, moms, like pick one thing that you're going to change, whether it's something about at home, whether it's something about your employer and like, and commit to that. Because part of the problem is, is I think, and I say this as a mom, is like, I, I don't, I think I'm a martyr. Like, I don't think I deserve anything. And it's the way that we have treated moms in our culture. Like childcare, your personal problem, you figure it out. Half the daycares are shut, uh, shut down. Oh, well, you know what I mean? Yeah. You're pregnant and, oh, sorry, no stool for you to sit down. No, 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 no breastfeeding center. It's like, you're just, we treat them. We treat moms like dirt. And even though we should be treating them like queens. And so like now's the moment and the time, I think, again, in this period where, you know, it's so interesting, Lavender, that like we're forcing birth in a country that has no paid leave, no affordable childcare, high infant mortality rate, high rates of black women dying in childbirth, right? And we think that that's okay. And so, and it's not. And so now's our moment, I think, to fight, you know, not just fight for our reproductive rights or access, but like, again, whether or not to become a parent is the most foundational economic choice you will make. And we should let people have the right to choose for for themselves. And we should live in a society that supports them when they make that choice. 
Absolutely. And um, of course, I follow you on Instagram and you post a lot of shocking statistics, like some of the ones you said on this call right now. And, you know, it's it's really incredible. And uh, so for those listening, you can also follow Reshma on social media. Pretty easy to find just her name. <laughs> mm-hmm. And um, yeah, she posts a lot of a lot of really insightful, insightful information that's really eye opening. And, and shocking. And then also, what about what about to the men in our lives, to our fathers, our brothers, our husbands, our sons? Mm-hmm. What would what do you want to say to them? We need you in solidarity. You know, we need you to do more caregiving work. Two thirds of the caregiving work in the world is done by women. It's why we don't have the free time to take care of our own mental health, you know, much less focus on our potential. So we need you more laundry, you know, more more caretaking, more, you know, more more time. So we could have time, you know, we need you to make this an issue that you, there's so many men I know that were raised by single mothers. You know, my first three big donors were, were, were men who were raised by single moms. And so, you know, the work that women do. So stand with us in solidarity. And if you have a position of power to influence change, like you work at a company, like push them to subsidize childcare. And, or if you're a man who, you know, just had a baby, take your paid leave. You know what I mean? Let's make it gender neutral. Let's normalize it. Absolutely. Absolutely. And yeah, like you said, just taking more time to help out. I, you know, I think women's time isn't respected as much as men's time. And then women of colors and queer women, their time isn't, isn't as respected. Nope. It's not. And, and it's why right now we have, we're burned out. We're pill popping, alcoholism has increased, like we're depressed, anxious, stressed because of that. It's because of not having that time. Yes. Okay. Well, I know you've got a lot of important work to get to. Well, thank you for talking to me. It was so great. And I'm so proud of you and everything that you're doing. You got to, I will always be in your corner. So, and grateful for you for using your voice, you know, to lift people up. Thank you. Well, if listeners only remember one thing from this segment, what do you want them to take away? I want you to join the fight to fight for moms. Awesome. awesome. All right. Thank you so much, Rashma. I really you. appreciate your time. Take care. Talk to you soon. Okay. Good luck. Bye. Bye.